0: You are listening to middle east monitor conversations bringing you lively discussions with prominent voices from the region and beyond as we delve deeper into issues shaping the middle east and north africa from politics to culture and the arts hello welcome to middle east monitor life i'm Usman but uh, my guest today is reem idan reem is an Amer- reem is an iraqi american comedian Award-winning writer and content creator, known for known for her unique brand of Muslim enneal humor, she has performed at venues across uh, the U.S., Europe, Japan, and the Middle East, and opened for comics like Arsenio Hall and Jay Leno. Reem is an alumni of NBC's Late Night Writing Workshop. Was invited to attend a program MIT for influencers using their platform for social change. Named one of Bustle's five Muslim women's com- comedians to get you through social distancing and can be seen performing in Arabic on the stand-up sketch show on Middle East streaming giant Shahid VIP. Recently Reem has worked as a synopsis writer and editor for Netflix and is a comedic voice of Tom and Jerry's Twitter page. Welcome Reem to Middle East Monitor Live.
1: Thank you, Thank you for having me.
0: So you grew up uh, with Iraqi parents in the United States, um, but you also spent some years in the Middle East as well. um, And in light of the fact that obviously Iraq was in conflict with um, the United, uh, with the, with Iraq, the United States was in conflict with Iraq. How did all of these experiences shape you as a person and how it brought you um, and your decision to go to comedy and how do you navigate these experiences? That's basically it. Sure.
1: I will start at the top. So, (laughs) So I was born. Uh, my siblings and I were born in the United States. Our parents were from Arab or Iraq. Is how I pronounce it, which is horrible, I know. But I learned the word from white people, um, mm-hmm. and so that was um, that was the beginning of my uh, inner conflict, if you will, um, about who I was and where I was from and which side of me I really identified with. Um, and that really came to a uh, a culmination when I moved to the Middle East, moved to Bahrain in two thousand one. Um, a week before 9-11 and uh, we obviously didn't know what was happening at the time. But so we moved there, um, suddenly I went from being someone who was too Arab in America to being someone who's too American in the Middle East. Um, and then the following year, the you know Iraq America war happened. So like at every level of my existence, I was conflicted. I didn't really know if I belonged anywhere, you know? Um, so a lot of my life has been kind of in the gray area between those cultures or the brown area between those cultures. And really, my only defense strategy for kids who would ask me very very specific and pointed and aggressive questions um, on both sides, uh, more more in the Middle East, because that's where I was uh, at the time. Uh, the only way I knew how to respond to those questions was with comedy and humor because otherwise you would succumb to just the pressure and and I wouldn't want to say bullying, but just peoples you know kids are evil um, and they're ridicule and stuff so Just at a young age, I had to reconcile my identity. And the only way I knew how was make a joke out of it, you know, change the subject, make it funny, like disarm both sides. Um, It later became my offense strategy, too. And I moved back to the United States because now, you know, four years later, I was like, it's a changed world. It's a completely changed country. Are they going to even accept me? Are they going to like me? So what I did was I made a point to be just the funny girl and um, sure, talk about who I was and my past experiences, but in a way that was palatable. Um... And that really got people to start looking at things different ways and to at least give me a chance before judging me right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's it must must have been a very difficult time as well. I mean, I know that in communities, for example, in the UK, the sort of post 9-11 world was actually a very, uh, it was a very difficult time because everything you did, if you're from a certain background, came under suspicion. Mm -hmm. And if you were a young person, especially if you were a kid, you know, you don't really know what war is. You don't have the sort of, you know, you don't know even how to express it. And suddenly, you're dealing with something very scary. Um, and it's it was uh, it was quite a difficult time for people who were growing up and sort of learning about themselves in that world. Um, sure. So, thinking about your experiences as an Iraqi Arab Muslim woman. Um, american woman uh you how were you greeted in the comedy in the comedy world and have you noticed any kind of like changes since starting out in how people react to you or things that have shifted
1: sure Sure. um so i started in comedy in 2016 so prior to that i was working in marketing for movie studios i worked at disney i worked at paramount um in another studio and um in 2016, if you might recall, that was the year that Trump got elected. So I had really started that summer, um, performing and whatnot. And to be honest, it was a perfect time for me because there weren't that many, um, Muslim, especially female Muslim comics. And, um, I just had something to talk about. I feel like a lot of times we we struggle, whether you're a writer or some kind of creative, creative, excuse me. Um, you struggle with what to talk about. Right. And like, and because essentially it's an art form where you're sharing your opinion and you're you're digesting the world around you and, and you have to have something to say. And sometimes I struggle with not having anything to say. But at that time I did because, you know, Trump was possibly going to get into office. Um, there was this talk of the Muslim ban later on. And so ironically enough, Trump really helped my comedy career because when I started, that's all I had to talk about. In fact, I um, I posted a video um, after he, or just a couple months before he got elected and the video on YouTube was titled, I'm Muslim unless Trump gets elected. And the second he got elected, that video went viral. Like it just, the keyword (laughs) search went crazy. Um, And it really helped me get spots. Um, It's very difficult to start out in comedy, especially in LA where it's a very saturated market. But um, you know, with that video going viral, um, it it, a opened a lot of doors. I actually came to perform in the UK because someone saw that video and loved it. Um, But B, I felt like I was one, it afforded me many more opportunities on shows Uh, maybe because there's affirmative action and diversity hiring which i'm very okay with um but you know it seemed like fine you might have like six very established comedians on the show but there's one more amateur comedian who has something different to say and it's very relevant and topical so um for better or for worse i feel like that helped uh, ignite my comedy career
0: so i have to ask this then as a comedian are you not as obviously a citizen of the us but as a comedian Are you unhappy that Trump has left because now your material is gone? or Are you happy that the ultimate comedian has left power?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, I I had this discussion a lot because he really took half of my comedy set with him. I just had to ditch like 45 minutes of jokes because, you know, they were all Trump-esque in nature. And now I was like, oh, great. Now I have to start writing for real. Um, It's taken a lot more effort on my part, but. You know, it, Trump might have been a crutch for a lot of us because he just wrote half the joke for us. It was, he would provide us the premise and then we would just, you know, provide punchlines or sketches uh, off of that. So now that he's gone, my my job is harder, but it's it's forcing me to dig deeper and then really start pulling back layers of my identity and, and, and go further with it outside of him.
0: So that's been- Yes, yes. And uh, you've, <laughs> sorry, yeah, you- and, but you've also performed in places like the middle east you know i've noted you've been in the uae palestine elsewhere and obviously uh, currently you're also uh, as i mentioned in the intro you've got a show on in on shahid vip which is uh, you doing stand-up in the middle east in arabic of which is uh, quite impressive actually um so i'm sort of wondering now how do you like what were your experiences like doing performances in the Middle East? Uh, first of all, let's start there.
1: Sure. Um, I had a wonderful time. I love performing in the Middle East. Um, the comedy scene isn't quite developed there yet in certain places. In Dubai, it's the most developed. Um, a friend of mine, Ali Sayed, he runs like Comedy. him and his wife, Mina. So they, um, they're they in Comedy in Dubai. So they, you know, they have shows and they bring people out. And in fact, I was uh, part of the Dubai Comedy Festival in 2021. Um, but other places, like, have, you know, a few performers here and there. Sometimes they get big names coming through. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they're they starved for comedy. And so you come in, and the audiences are ready for you. And um, it's it's usually a very exciting show. I also, um, when I moved away from Bahrain it's 15 years ago, um, I didn't know I was moving. My parents told us we were going away for summer vacation back to the United States. And then we just never went back. Um, so, you know, going to these shows just gives me, it, it really has, a, a direct connection to my heart because I'm like oh my god I'm back you know uh and in fact I did when I did go back to Bahrain for the first time it was under the guise of comedy so it was a very full circle moment a lot of my middle school friends came out to see me and it was pretty cool um but yeah I love performing um the shows in Palestine were particularly amazing I love audiences there they're very sophisticated um and most of my shows are in English aside from the Shahid VIP thing which is in Arabic which um When they asked me to do it they're like you know can you do stand-up in arabic i was like yeah i mean like it's possible like do i do stand-up in arabic no but could i yes i could um and so for that opportunity i had to really work hard while i was uh, at the dubai comedy festival we would do the shows a couple shows a night and then i would sit down with my friend ali and we would just go through my set and write new stuff to be put on tv in arabic so i had to prepare that in like a week prepare like 20-25 minutes of brand new stand-up content in a language that I speak but don't do stand-up in and then perform it without ever ever gone to an open mic. I didn't even know if these jokes were really funny outside of our conversation. I just had to like do it. Um, so it was a very nerve-wracking experience for me but luckily it worked
0: out. Um, okay yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. that's quite interesting though because I mean the thing because I think also maybe because you grew up partially in Bahrain you did have enough fluency in Arabic because obviously if you'd Mm -hmm. just grown up in the US even if you spoke Arabic at home maybe you would have had greater challenge doing that in Arabic Um, so with that in mind what do Arabs find funny is it different from what Americans find funny
1: um let's see well first off I had to let you know that at the beginning of my Arabic performance I acknowledged my accent because I was like I know I sound (laughs) like I'm struggling here um I kind of sound like if anyone has seen that 70s show, there's the character Fez, uh, the Hispanic character. That's what I sounded like, but in Arabic to everybody else. Everyone had like this beautiful fluency and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm an Arab American, okay. Um, so what do Arabs like? Arabs like exactly what we like. I think what I've learned from uh, less from Arab shows, more from shows outside of the United States, I've learned to kind of comment on the overall cultural, uh, relatable elements. So. Um, and this is a question I get asked a lot because I do perform internationally. And so the audiences are generally the same. Sometimes you have a little bit more conservative audiences, but that's usually a, like a Muslim specific show as opposed to an Arab show. Um, but I like to comment more on, you know, my parents having those loss in translation moments or feeling stuck between cultures or uh, more broad strokes, cultural behavioral um, elements, as opposed to sometimes in the United States, I'm very set up punchline, uh, very topical um, and, and, the cultural elements don't translate as well uh, as I do here there. So I try to, like I said, tell more stories. Um, I do more act outs, bigger characters, more voices, because I feel like that travels better um, outside of the U.S.,
0: I was going to say, actually, one of the things you could have said is that um, because apparently Iraqis are very famous for doing this, where they will switch the dialect they speak (laughs) and they're actually speaking depending on who they're speaking to. So if they meet an Egyptian, they have to sound Egyptian. And I'm just saying, thinking maybe you could have just used that as an excuse. Well, I'm an Iraqi. I'm doing I'm actually I'm just doing this American accent to like try it out.
1: Great. I love that. And, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, My parents do that. I think it's, it's co-switching essentially. Um, and they, whoever would come to our house or wherever they would go, they would switch to Egyptian or Lebanese or Palestinian. So when I was in Palestine, they asked us if we wanted to go on, um, a national television talk show, like a morning talk show, um, in Arabic. And again, they asked me like, do you speak Arabic? And I said, for television, I do let's go. So we, we went and issue was, and I brought this up later, um, when it came to, uh, when it came to filming my Shahid, uh show, I said I need mm-hmm. to speak 100% Iraqi. Like, say I did it again, Iraqi. Uh, I it has to be 100% in my dialect and in the way that I speak and the words that I would normally use, so that you know, if I forget what I'm saying on stage, I can just go back into that as opposed to try to remember the script. And the reason I say that is because when I went on that um, uh, show, and I think that it was on the um, I was trying to speak Palestinian because I was convinced nobody was going to understand my Arabic accent. So I was like, OK, so I was trying to like speak or like um, speak like traditional Arabic. And because I did that, I messed up words. And instead of they asked me, like, how were the shows here in Palestine? And I switched a word because I was trying too hard. And I was like, yeah, the jewelry here is great. And they're like, what? And I said, what? Uh, the, uh, the show, the, the audience, the audience here is great. I switched the word for Joharat and um i've learned my lesson i've learned don't code switch just speak how you speak and hope to god they understand you because it's not worth it otherwise
0: yeah 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 and uh that's really interesting that you did perform in palestine because i can see like um there's a comedy scene developing where we are seeing some comics go out from the west as well as indigenous arab comments playing playing in places like jordan egypt uae where you were but palestine not as much so Mm. You know, just sort of tell us what that experience was like. What was it like to be in Palestine? And uh, oh, it was how wonderful. was it? Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so I'm sure the reason for that is because obviously it's a little, there's a little bit more political turmoil in Palestine. So um, I went with a, uh, with a comedy, what it was called? Festivals. I went to the comedy festival. Uh, Amr Zahar had led it and he's Palestinian. So um, I think with like those kinds of shows, you need to have a local kind of guiding it, um, and there's a few other comics with me as well, but it was wonderful. I think we did six shows in the Ramallah, one show in Bethlehem and one show in uh, Jerusalem. And like I said, just the audiences, um, you know, their English was so refined and I was able to talk about, you know, very pop culture things. And earlier I said, I tried to go broad strokes, but, you know, I tested out the more uh, topical, specific, you know, some American cultural jokes and they got it. They got everything. Uh, So I was very impressed with them, but yeah, just generally very optimistic, um, happy people. I had a wonderful time there. They're very open-minded. I do tend to appreciate more open-minded crowds. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty clean comic. I'm not dirty by any sense, but sometimes I like to just like push the envelope, just a little, just, just a dabble of the push um, and see what they, you know, if they're going to get mad at me or not. And uh, they didn't get mad at me, so I love them. Um, but yeah, we had uh, quite a few sold out shows too. So it was just a very interesting experience because I never thought I would be able to go to Palestine either. Um, and to be there and just see the history and um, hear you know the perspectives of the Palestinian people from the Palestinian people, not from a news channel was very eye opening.
0: I imagine also they must have been very thrilled to have you because I think one of the issues a lot of Palestinians have if they're living in Palestine is that they feel almost cut off, especially from other Arab countries. And so mm-hmm. there's this moment when they meet somebody who's been to another Arab country. They really want to ask you questions about that place and sure. really because it's their way of connecting in a way. Sure.
1: I mean, most of the Palestinians I met, um, depending on if they're able to leave the country, because sometimes there's some... Uh, red tape around that but uh a lot of them i met were very well traveled like a lot of them were american citizens who also were able to go to palestine so it was a mixed bag but um yeah they definitely uh are appreciative of people coming in um especially entertainers so that was cool
0: excellent um and switching to the other country uh, do you hope to perform in iraq someday and if you could what would it mean to you to do so
1: Oh my God. That would be amazing. I, oh, that would be a dream come true. I have a joke in my stand-up. You know, I talk a little bit about going to Iraq and like seeing my uncles. And then, you know, we had a conversation. They're like, you live in America, the land of opportunity. What is your dream? And I said to be an actress and he said, change your dream. Um, and so I really, which is a true conversation that happened. And so now my family's very proud of me because, you know, comedian is not really actor, but I'm still an actor. Um, and it just, you know, seeing how much success I've garnered, you know, uh, thankfully. And a lot of my fan base is in Iraq, like, you know, looking at my social media um, demographic breakdowns, I think Iraq is like my second highest country after the U S which is really cool. I think it would be in, in amazing to go perform there. I'd probably do a set in Adaglish, which is English and Arabic. Um, Cause you know, it's very difficult for me to do the Arabic set, but I just think it would really like hit home. Uh, there's not a lot of mainstream Western Iraqi performers so um, you know I hope a lot of what I do sure it's like for personal gain and I want to do this and that but I really do want to be you know one of the leaders or at the forefront of being an Iraqi American entertainer and hopefully bring pride to my people.
0: <laughs> that's, that's wonderful though I think that'd be lovely um, but yeah. do you feel then because if you just said there's not very many um, people in the public eye in America who are from Iraqi backgrounds, and obviously you are, does that come with a kind of special burden, do you feel?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's a burden. I just think it's something to be aware of, you know, because there is a little bit more pressure um, or on me, um, whether it's from my direct family or or whatnot, just to uh, not fail, I wanna say. And that I don't mean that in terms of success, but you know, don't bring shame upon our people. Um, More, it's just you're in a very unique position, right? And I think um, I'm just uniquely aware of everything I do, you know, has to have a purpose or, you know, everything I do has to align with what my brand, my message is. So um, yeah, it's not, it's not a burden. It's just something that I I think twice about often. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, because obviously, you know, whenever a country is in the news a lot, um, people in the country, if you're from that country that's in the news, in the U.S., for example, uh, they always want to ask you about that country. So I'm wondering, I'd mean, I imagine if you were an Iraqi in America in 2004, 2005, Americans would ask you lots of questions about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering now, do they actually ask those kind of questions anymore? Do they care about Iraq anymore?
1: Do they ask those questions anymore? Um you know the the narrative has shifted away from uh like geopolitical stuff and it's more towards religion now so people used to ask me like oh like being iraqi or being um you know a middle eastern or etc and now it's more like being muslim um so that's been a definite shift you know as we've gone away from the war uh and things like that being muslim yeah i get questions all the time um in fact i do a lot of performances at universities like we were talking about and uh sometimes i'll do A Q&A at the end and you know, 80% of the questions are like, so how do your Muslim parents like deal with this? And like, what are your Muslim parents? Da, 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 da. Uh, oftentimes uh, I'll go to parts of the U.S. that are not that diverse. And um, I have been told that I'm the first Muslim person anyone's ever uh, met, let alone seen perform stand-up. standup. Um, I've gotten questions at certain more con- conservative shows like, oh, so like, are you allowed to be doing stand-up like this right now? Like, are you rebelling? By being up here speaking as a woman, I was like, what? Um, so, you know, part of that's my responsibility, kind of like what we are talking about with being Iraqi, you know, being a, not necessarily a representative. I'm not a representative. I'm just an individual who happens to have these experiences. And I think it's necessary for me to talk about that um, as, you know, in my stand-up or in my interviews, whatever, just so that people can learn more about like us and humanize us.
0: I mean, I don't think you would object though if anyone wanted to make you an envoy of some kind and give you the money for the privilege.
1: <laughs> oh, am I the Muslim American on the Wheaties box? Yes, I am. That's all I am. That's...
0: <laughs> I mean, the Vatican has its envoys throughout the world. Maybe you could be one too. Sure, <laughs> so what? Go.
1: There's money involved. Let's go.
0: <laughs> so, um, what are your like top com- comedic influences on you?
1: Um. Well, I have a bunch. I have a lot of different comedians that I admire and I try to take little things um, here and there. But I think Russell Peters is my very first comedic influence. Um, I was talking about this last night, actually. Just um, there weren't a lot of comedians that I could watch um, with my you know, Muslim family because some of them were too dirty or this or that. Um, and Russell, at least, you know, his older stuff, it was just kind of like talking about being like a third culture kid and having, you know, immigrant parents and ways to... Uh, commenting on those loss in translation moments and stuff like that. I related with that growing up, and I was able to watch that with my parents, and it was amazing. And we all had those inside jokes together. Um, and I think when I first started out comedy, that was a lot of the influence that I uh, took to move forward. Um, but I also really admire Dave Chappelle. Um, I like Ali Wong, um, Joe Coy. I feel like most people that I mentioned, yeah, there is no white comics there. I do love white comics. I love them all. I just, for me, it's I really relate to these stories about, you know, having your identity here and also like how that uh, bleeds over into your normal life and influences your perspective and stuff. So those are my, those are my favorites. Oh,
0: that sounds, uh, sounds nice. Um, and so thinking now about the future, uh, if we dare, um, <laughs> what, what, uh, what projects and things are you working on now and what is coming up for you? Sure.
1: Um, well, I'm currently uh, writing all the memes and jokes for the Tom and Jerry Twitter page, which is fun and for Scooby-Doo uh, and for random people here and there, which I think is hilarious. If, if young Reem knew she'd be writing Tom and Jerry moving forward, she, she'd she be very happy. Um, right now I'm pitching uh, a television show in, around Hollywood. So I'm currently writing my own projects and putting them in the Hollywood machine and hopefully one day one of them will get picked up and then I can, you know, have my own series somewhere how Rami has his own series. Um, so that's really like what's next on, uh, my goals list on my, my manifestation board or, um, so yeah, writing, developing, pitching, um, and then auditioning for shows here and there. So hopefully if my show takes off, then I'll just write myself into the show and then, you know, that's my way to act. But other than that, doing all these auditions.
0: Uh, that uh, sounds interesting. So for you then, because obviously you, you've you told us a little bit about where you've been and you're telling us what you're planning to do, but where do you actually want to go? What do you want the future sure. to be?
1: Oh, God, that's a really big question. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of touched on that. I would like to be, you know, I, I do think I have a certain responsibility as a Muslim woman to push the narrative forward. Um, and to inspire others along the way, I was having this conversation recently. Um, I never knew I wanted to be a stand-up comedian growing up because I didn't realize it was a real job, and I didn't realize it was something that a woman who looked like me could do. So, with everything that I do, I hope to be, you know, at the forefront, um, inspiring other people to do it along the way. So, you know, there's not, like I said, there's not a lot of Muslim or Arab um, women. Uh, who are doing stand-up comedy or in entertainment now there's much more than there was when i was starting out but you know i hope that whatever i do tv film all of that just allows other people to do the same which sounds like such a cliche answer and i feel like every time anyone's ever responded to that i'm like i'm sure yeah but it's the truth i just you know i i mentor uh, a lot of young comics um I always, you know, my is always open when people ever need advice and stuff. And I just think it's important to, you know, as a, as a group of people, you know, be able to move forward and continue breaking those stereotypes and continue humanizing our experience, um, so that's 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 my ultimate goal and to be a millionaire but like those are just you know that's those are the two
0: (laughs) I like how profound you like go through and then you have to end it with and I also want to be rich
1: (laughs) I know it's like it's crazy I'm like a comedian or something it's
0: really weird (laughs) (laughs) well Reem it's been a great pleasure talking to you uh with Middle East Monitor Live is there anything else you'd like to say before we uh say goodbye to the audience
1: Oh, no, thank you for the time. Um, if you'd like to follow me on all the socials, all my handles, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, it's at Reem Edan, R-E-E-M-E-D-A-N. And uh, I'll see you online.
0: All right. And um, thank you for talking to us and to our audience. I'd like to thank you for being here. Um, please do tune in next week for another Middle East Monitor Live Conversations. This was Middle East Monitor Conversations brought to you by the Middle East Monitor in London.